0: This athletic podcast is brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. By downloading the Bet365 app, you can access both pre-match and in-play markets along with instant match updates for all games. The Bet365 Bet Builder also allows you to make personalised bets via the app, so you can bet on multiple scenarios and create your own bet with unique odds right there in your hand. Bet365 is the world's favourite online betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and and the Apple App Store over 18s only please gamble responsibly Hello and welcome to From the Brooker End, brought to you by The Athletic. I'm John Mooney. And I'm Adam Leventhal. We're here for another preview podcast, one before Watford go away to Manchester United. You've just come out of Nigel's press conference. Was he relaxed? Has he had a good two weeks off? He was very quick to point out that it's not been two weeks off. It's basically been
1: um, one week off, whereby the players could get away, have a bit of a breather... Um, But he did say that it just felt like the olden days when you have one game called off at the weekend when there's a frozen pitch. So um, I think he's probably a little bit undecided as to how useful it has been. He spoke about the fact that, you know, some teams who are winning going into it will be annoyed because it breaks their momentum. But then for other teams, you can recharge your batteries and maybe you can reset and go again so i think maybe he's sort of inferring there or implying whichever the right word is uh, that maybe it's been a good thing just to sort of stop pause right and then kick on for the rest of the season um obviously the the, the main thing is injuries and everyone over this break when we haven't had any football will be wondering right how are they today yeah. are they getting on all right how's the hamstrings um we did hear first about Daryl yanmat who's been out for ages and ages and ages prior to the the Burnley game I think it was when his knee went uh, he said that he's going to be back next week and is going to play for the under 23s but more importantly for this game at Old Trafford what is the situation with Kiko Femenia and the (laughs) saviour Ismaila Saar, this is what he had to say
2: Yeah I mean we've had a very positive week, we've had Saar and Kiko back in full training which is um, good but I suppose now before the, the, the final selection. For the weekend's game, the conversations will be about managing risk because I want them back to stay back. So there's always a, um, I, I have to detach myself somewhat from the emotional side of uh, let's get these players straight back in. It's, it's really about making decisions now which protect us over the longer term.
0: So, what exactly, Adam, does that mean? I mean, is he on the bench? Is he starting? Sometimes it's difficult to decipher um, exactly what back in full
1: training means. My gut feel is slightly uh, two legged at the moment. So, I've got <laughs> two, I'll take two. I've got, I've got two guts, oh, like a cow. How many, how many guts do cows have? I think mean, they've got four it's or five, like whatever. Right, so I think he will be thinking, right. Let's just hold them back. Um, as he sort of intimated there, we'll make, when we make our final decision, it will be whether they can come back and stay back. Let's hold them back and make sure, triple check, that they're A-OK for Liverpool and then the challenges to come. Be back for the home game here next week rather than the trip to Old Trafford. Um, and he also spoke a little bit later on about the fact that you want players like Kiko and Saar who are explosive players, um, to be able to explode when yeah. they're on the on the pitch. So you don't want them holding back any, in any way. So my gut feeling is that they will probably be held back and won't play, but it could also be um, a, a little bit of kidology, mind games, whatever you want to call it, and one or other could be thrown in, or Saar, for example, could be on the bench. And if things are going well, yeah, yeah, yeah. what an ace in the pack to... To be able to throw on late on in the game, and and I think also considering what he did in the game here at Vicarage Road, when he comes on or is available to come on, it will keep them on their toes a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that said, we are playing against Manchester United. We must not forget that. And yes, we know what happened before here at Vicarage Row but it just has a feeling that things are a little bit different now in terms of the mood in terms of the optimism there's a lot riding on this game but we are still going to Old Trafford and it is still Manchester United and the expectation for, from my point of view although people will be feeling positive and that we can do it again is let's just rein it in a little bit.
0: Yeah, The, the draw away at Brighton certainly felt like let's not lose let's be positive yeah. and a, a Anything away at Old Trafford is massive for for your your feelings and your optimism. Home against Liverpool, you know you know you don't want two major downs on the trot. Maybe like I said before in the last podcast, he's controlling the narrative for the season uh, rather than trying to control uh, the individual games. So we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll see where he plays his cards. Will he start Welbeck instead of Pereira? Will he and, and keep the formation, or or will he throw the formation out and go 4-4-2? What do you reckon? Would he, would he go that far? Do you think four four two? I don't suspect that he will change the formation
1: um, particularly because I think that he's he's had some success with um, with that formation. Obviously, since since he started, um, it will be interesting. You, you know, you mentioned Welbeck there. Uh, he was speaking about you know professionals who have come through hard management and have been brought up well. Um, later on in his press conference, and it did just make me think, yeah, he's talking about players like Danny Welbeck, who've been under Sir Alex. He's talking about Tom Cleverley, who's been under Sir Alex. So I just wonder whether, I think probably Welbeck would be further along the cab rank than than Cleverley in terms of actually coming in and starting. But this one, with the added factor of it, is Welbeck going back to Manchester United and he would love to, you know, come on and and prove something. And he's had an extra two weeks of, of fitness under his belt having come on in sort of fits and starts since his latest injury, he might be the one that might be thrown in. And I know we discussed that before um, in our first preview podcast about where does he fit in, especially in the absence of Sar. Yeah, maybe this might be the game where uh, he can maybe start on the on the right-hand side. But you know what? It may well be, who knows, that over this, this two-week period, he thinks, well, you know, we've, we've worked on a couple of extra things... In this week building up, maybe we have got this. Maybe we have got a 4-4-2 to, to throw in, or we've got a 4-2-3-1 that can become a 4-4-2 if we start Welbeck on the right, and yeah. we can just switch in if we if, if we want to. So these are all options that he will know far more about than I <laughs> do. But I think many fans maybe would would probably think, well, yeah, why not give give Welbeck a go? Start him. Um, on the left or the right because I know Colin was saying you know, he, should start on the, he should start on the left and put Dela on the right I don't know I, I, I would like to see him start because I think he's got the potential to be one of our better players so come on yeah. he's, he's, it, we need a big player a better player to get a result at a place like Old Trafford so why not give it a go
0: the old boy rule always works you always score against your old club and if he re- really uh, wants yeah. to play that well yeah. play Cathcart, play cleverly. Played well Beck. That's three. And I've only got one one back. Only a gala. We'll, t- we'll talk about him a bit later on. It's only been six weeks since we last played Manchester United. Things couldn't have changed that much. We know how as Watford. How do you feel about Man United? He, he's very much a, a
1: manager that likes to, to look forward. He was asked about, you know, what he had done with Leicester City in the past, keeping them up, getting results against Manchester United. And I think he's very much sort of eyes forward. Don't look back. And he knows that it does do one thing; it helps belief that you've beaten a team. Um, but he's not relying too much on history to, to guide this performance. Let's just have a listen to what he said.
2: I look at the players and I look at how we are on a daily basis. It's not necessarily about spending too much time um, looking at things that have already have already been and gone. We know, okay. So, what can be, what's positive that can be gained out of that is. We know that we've beaten them this season, which is which is good. But I mean, whether that has any bearing on on the game um, that's coming up, we'll see. But firstly, it's about us being able to hit a level of performance which uh, is good enough for us to cause some problems. You know, we've we've got individuals within our um, squad who are very, very capable in terms of um, how we play in an offensive manner. But as always, the collective is, is the most important thing. So yeah, we've every team that plays a game has got a chance. It's difficult to evaluate always how, how realistic a chance of winning a game is, but we need to win games. And so what I want is a committed performance where we show every intent of trying to win the game outside of that my influence and our influence on on man united is um is is what it is you know we've got to take care of us first because you've already asked me a couple of questions about losing points from winning positions and that's we've been uh, we've been responsible for that ourselves and and also uh, the teams that we've played against have have worked hard to put us in those situations. So, you know, there's a bit of a combination there. But uh, for me, it's always about looking at us, concentrating very much on what we can affect. And that is us. And outside of that, we'll see what happens on the day.
0: On these preview podcasts, uh, we are going to try and gather the, uh, the energy and the knowledge of the Athletic uh, and hear from the official correspondent for our next opponent, and hear what they've got to say about their club. This week, uh, we're going to speak to Laurie Whitwell. I spoke to him while he was in a hotel in Bruges on Thursday to find out exactly where Manchester United are after their 2-0 away win at Chelsea.
3: Uh, yes, John, I think... Um, the uh, game at Stamford Bridge showed really again that Solskjaer does have um, the ability in the big matches to um, produce a sort of tactical plan that, that works um, they've obviously seen it against um, City early in the season and Spurs the question has been always following it up really um, they've struggled against teams that actually sit back defend deep um, they don't have that many players that can unlock um, those kind of defences tight defences obviously Bruno Fernandes coming in is is supposed to be an answer to that and I have really like what I've seen from him so far in terms of trying stuff. Um, obviously, his corner for, for Maguire was a one of rare whipped uh, accuracy that United have been crying out for for a long time. So at least if they've got a, a threat from set pieces, and I think actually that was you, you could you could see that it was quite noticeable that they'd worked on a few different set pieces uh, over in Marbella. So um, that might be something to look out for against Watford as well. Um, but yeah, I think. Clearly the, the result of Vicarage Road was a real, real low point for, for Solskjaer and for, and for United. Um, it, it kind of it it was just so fraught that you know giving a giving the ball away a lot of the time. And obviously Pogba came on and instantly made a difference. But, um, you know, that was a fleeting example of what he can do for United. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be, I think, again, another difficult game, um, but really one that, you know, United should be winning um, if they've got any hopes of finishing the top four.
0: We all know the managerial changes that United have had, not as many as Watford. Um, I think we could keep that crown. But do you think, Hmm. you know, isn't what you said about Solskjaer, do you think he's... You say he can get the team up for the big games. Mm. Could you, you know, as a Watford fan, we've definitely seen in certain games, it feels that like the players are getting themselves up for those big games. Is that why I think they're, they're doing better against the big clubs, that the players are motivated rather than when they come to Watford, he's not giving them the, the full motivation they need?
3: Yeah, I think um that is a question a fair question of Solskjaer. Does he have the charisma, the the persona to really elevate um, elite players to new heights? Um I, I would say that I think he, he can do that, certainly. Um I think the I think what we've seen in the big games it has probably been a bit of the players Um, you know, really deciding that they want to perform, but also I do think you have to give him credit for the tactical sort of plans that he's put in place. Um, you know, the back three switches that have worked well, or the um the certain the certain players that he's picked and and the kind of approach that he's he's gone with. I think I think he he does clearly have a, a good mind for those kind of um. Those kind of battles, but as you say, against sides like Watford, um, is he is he proactive enough with his substitutions? Maybe that's one sort of question. Um, if it isn't going quite the way he wants, um, I, I think it does come down to the, the the level of players though that he's got at his disposal. Obviously, he's he's got rid of a few experienced um, you know players that could definitely do it uh, to a degree, but weren't really the style of, of player that he wanted and, and, and was the heart fully in it. Um, so he's got, he's got rid of those. Bringing through younger players, so they're obviously going to have a difficulty with the consistency. So I think that is a, another issue as well. You know, that there's a young squad they're playing the youngest in the Premier League, so that they, they are going to have dips when you might not expect them to. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I think I think the Watford game does, you know, will give us a big indication though as, as to whether um, you know longer term he, he can actually sustain something like this.
0: Now, one player, I think he will not need to motivate. Uh, who had uh, could have had the absolute fairy tale uh, start to his Manchester United career is Odion uh a player we still hold you know really close to our hearts with his his role in promotion and sort of our a, a first season in in the Premier League. Does he feel you know were you maybe not excited but were you sort of did you see that move as a wise one from the Manchester hierarchy? you know not the, the perfect one but a, a, a good move
3: yeah i actually was um sort of won round by it ultimately um i think if you'd said at the start of the window they're going to get Oddie Nogalo in uh, on loan you'd you'd be um very much um puzzled and and kind of deflated really given the the Approach obviously for Erling Haaland, who we, we all know how good he is, um, it's been proven since, and um, so it's it's a bit of a, a step uh, down, uh, certainly. Um, but I, I was, I, I could understand where they're coming from by the end of it because I mean, clearly they needed somebody in. Uh, Rashford getting injured, they just had to get another striker And Anthony Marshall is, is a good, very good player, but it, again, struggles with consistency and hold up players is something that he's um not. Really, it um, doesn't like doing that side of the game, I don't think. Um, whereas we, we already saw on, on Monday night Odin came on, you know, it clearly isn't match fit. You know, to the, to the top top degree that you'd, you'd like, given he you know, hasn't been playing in China, and obviously the, the Chinese league is obviously a slower league. But you um, could see the touch and the way he takes the ball is is more successful for for keeping the ball up, and then the midfielders will run beyond him, and you know you've got attacks that way. Too often at, at Sanford Bridge, when Marshall was trying to hold the ball, people sort of went through him. So I can see that he offers something different. Clearly, he's absolutely desperate to play for United, and I know it probably sounds a bit cliche, but you know that does go a long way. I think, um, particularly in the, in the mode that United are in at the moment. Um, he's obviously doing his fitness work. He did, you know, working with UK Taekwondo when he was wasn't able to go into Carrington because of the quarantine. Um, so clearly, he's, he's a massive, you know, uh, top professional in that sense. And he, he seems, you know, a very likable guy. You know, I can understand why the Watford fans talk to him. Um, you speak to people around the club, and he's very personable. Um, you know. Absolutely wants to do his, his his maximum in this sort of loan spell that he's got, and you never know if he does really well that it might you know be turned into a permanent thing at some stage. So, um, yeah, I actually you know clearly if you said garlo start the window, I think a lot of United fans would have been you know, castigating the United um, recruitment system. And, and maybe still it does show that um, there are holes to, to sort of fill in that regard. But then again, it was a difficult window to get a striker in. Chelsea obviously tried and failed. United was shopping in a similar kind of market and, and managed to get a gala win. And, you know, I, I don't know, I saw promising signs at, at Sanford Bridge on Monday.
0: Well, he definitely uh, gave the vibe of what he can do. You say he's not match fit. One of our conversations on our WhatsApp group was: has he put a little bit of timber on? Mm. It might make him a bit stronger and hold up that ball a little bit better for you. Um, but yeah, we we do wish him all the best, but just not on Sunday. Um, what do you? You know, you, you've seen Watford play um, not that long ago uh, mm. at the the height, let's say, of um, Nigel Pearson's start at Watford. Do you think that? I mean, first, are you surprised that Watford are in the? the bottom two at the moment uh, and do you think they can and what do you think Watford have to do to come away from Old Trafford with with something
3: um, yeah I, I kind of am a little bit surprised it, it seems like you know Pearson and, and Shakespeare had, had got a real good grip of, of that squad um, come, coming in with some clear ideas and, and basically just giving them a right old shake up I guess Um and, um, but I suppose the start that they had you know it's always going to be they're, they're going to be around the relegation places until the end of the season aren't they it's going to be a, a close run thing um, clearly they've got a, a good amount of talent in the squad but I suppose just with the way that Watford go through the, the managers there's always you know the potential for a, a lull season um, like this where it kind of sort of comes apart of the seams a little bit. I think in terms of how they could have success at Old Trafford, we saw it with Burnley, really, um, where they just defended really well, defended deep, weren't that fussed about possession, um, but countered very effectively and also had a, a, a threat from set pieces. Um, you know, But Burnley had a couple of long free kicks that went in um, a warning where Chris Wood just headed wide and then the second time he, he put it in past Saejo so um and then Rodriguez obviously scored a brilliant goal so obviously not to use the Burnley game as a, an absolute template but they were you know the recent winners at Old Trafford so um and I can see Watford doing the same thing really you know they, they have it's basically what they did at Vicarage Road really wasn't it where they had um you know they started um sort of just pretty resiliently Kept it, cool, kept it cool, kept it calm, and then waited for United to make mistakes, which they did. And I, I can see there are there are mistakes in United's team. You know, if Watford sort of look out for those and maximise them, that they, they could have a, a decent chance.
0: You know, we, we were talking before Manchester United play Club Rouge. Do you think that there's a there's a they might sort of take a focus away from that Watford game because of the Europa League and maybe there's some bigger Premier League games to come?
3: Mm, yes, yeah, Solskjaer has been a bit uh, irritated by the fixture schedules as well. Um, obviously, playing a Monday night and and now Thursday. Um, and, and obviously Sunday, so it's three games in six days, whereas ideally, you know, he would have liked to have a Saturday game before that and you know, a bit bit more rest. So that could, you know, the third game in, in six days could could creep up on those um, sort of limbs. He's, he's not got a massively deep squad. Um, you know, he probably can rotate it a little bit. I think he'll probably make changes against Club Bruges, So, um, you know, it depends on, um, you know, I, I think he... I think it's a difficult balance between the two because obviously Europa League, if you win it, they, they can you know go back in the Champions League and it's silverware, and I think that would be a hugely successful season, really, given where you know United have been at times. Um, but then again, you can't take your eye off fourth, and that win at Chelsea really does bring that back into the picture. So um, yeah, it's a difficult one, really. And I guess Watford could benefit from the fact that United have you know, three games in six days. It's, it's quite a toll, really, on the, on the body in the end. Do not scratch your ears.
0: You're listening to From the Rookery End. Igalo had to come up in that conversation. Um, He he, he doesn't seem surprised by that now. It was almost like it wasn't what they wanted, but almost uh, it was what was understood and that was the limit of signing a striker in the January transfer window for a big team like Manchester United. You were the official farewell, <laughs> almost. You were covering uh, his his exit for yeah. for Sky. You wrote an article today um, uh, on the Athletic. Um, there's some lovely warm fuzziness, I suppose, with with Iggy still, and it'd be lovely to see him. But hopefully, the old boy rule doesn't doesn't go for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was it was interesting watching the game um, when he came on
1: against Bruges. Obviously, he had that you know the cameo that you've discussed with with Laurie uh, against Chelsea. But in preparing for sort of future articles and preparing for this game as well. I was, I was on um, Scout, which is, it gives you the ability to watch back loads of games, searching by various criteria. And I watched all his goals uh, that he scored for Watford in that 2015, 16 season. And it just reminded you of what a great player he was in terms of what he actually did. Um, he's able to hold off defenders with his back to goal. Turn quick, play a good passing behind, react quickly in the in the penalty box, make runs to the to the near post. He could do so much. I think his game has changed quite a lot now, um, and he hasn't got that pace currently, which I think will develop over the over the coming weeks. And hopefully, for his point of view, it can develop in the coming weeks rather than <laughs> develop sure, yeah. yeah against against Watford. Um, but I think, from you know, sort of a, a human perspective, Onigalo, on and I mentioned it in the article that I, I, I did. He's always been a Manchester United fan, so him playing at Old Trafford will be a significant thing in his life. And, you know, he's the he's the first Nigerian to have played for, for Manchester United. He's a proud guy. He's also kept himself very, very fit. It's not like he's a creaking old body. That yeah,
0: some... but He did look a little bit like he put a little bit of weight on. Maybe it's muscle weight. Maybe it's strength weight when he came off Manchester United. Maybe it's just a cut of the Manchester United yeah. shirt this year. I don't know. I think... Look at us, right? <laughs> Let's. I think he's. I think he's still, you know, a prime. I reckon we could both have him, madam. But both, both yeah, it would be both of us. We'd have to. Need, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: we need both of us. Um, I think he's a. You know, he's a. He's a prime cut, yeah. and he's still a sort of an elite athlete. Um, and I think that he adds a, a sort of an experienced head up top because there's still young guys up up top for Manchester United, and um, I think he can offer them something. And also with Bruno Fernandes coming in as a playmaker, as a quarterback for, for them, that's going to be something to watch because I think that's going to completely change what the Manchester United we saw here at Vicarage Road can do. That creativity, the ball in behind. Um, so hopefully we will be able to nullify that and Watford will have enough in the locker to do that. But I ju- I've just got that feeling about Igalo. He will be given a chance. He might even start, who knows? I think it's unlikely, I think he'll come on, on from the bench. But he will desperately want to score at Old Trafford, full stop, but he would also, in brackets, love to score against Watford because it will
0: be a situation of, right, you you didn't play hey, me. Do you want to? Because think about it. If he scores his first goal at Old Trafford, he can't do the full celebration. He can't do the celebrating against your old boys in front of the Watford fans he wouldn't want to do that i don't think but no. he, he, he may, Who? but who though has he got something to prove it's not to the Watford fans it's is it just to the Watford hierarchy i i think and this this goes for a lot of the managers
1: as well a lot of them leave on relatively good terms because i think working for the likes of Gino Pozzo and Filippo Giraldi and, and for Scott Duxbury, it seems as if when they leave, they leave s- sort of on good terms. I know that might sound a little bit like... Uh, Everyone understands, A, bit, understand, hi- a bit hypocritical, a bit hypocritical because some of the managers that have left have said, oh, I couldn't work that at that club. But I think it goes for the players as well. And, and in the, the interview that I did and the article that I did for The Athletic, which basically told the story of when he left, he had that connection with the Pozzo family having been via Udinese and Granada and then worked with them since you know 2008 and he could sort of see both sides of it he, he liked them he always felt that Watford would be in his heart but he could see the sort of the ruthlessness and the business side of the game that at that point in time his stock had fallen a little bit I think he hadn't scored in 14 games if I remember correctly he wasn't the Yagalo of the season before and I think all parties felt right, well, we have to cash in. It was at the time when there was a lot of cash coming, a lot of offers coming in from from China, big money offers. So it was like, right, well, we have to cash in now if we can still get 20 mil, which is what he's worth as we want to sell him according to the business model. So it just had to happen. But it just happened in a sort of a dark, dingy, relatively empty training ground when all the eyes were elsewhere at the Emirates. And it just... And obviously the mood related to, you know, GT's funeral being the next day as well. It was very emotional and all that sort of stuff. So if you want to read the article, it's obviously on The Athletic and it sort of brings all of that together. So yeah, the upshot will be, yes, he will be there on Sunday. He's got Watford in his heart, but I'm sure he will, he will celebrate. I think that situation will be far too much. It will be, it'll be emotional. There'll be lots of sort of pointing to the skies and things like that. Um, and humble, but he'll be elated
0: if he scores, obviously. Well, we'll see what he can do and how the Hornets get on away at Old Trafford on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Uh, we'll be back after that for another reactive uh, from the Rookery End, uh, ready for your Monday morning. Remember that article Adam's talked about and all the stuff he's written uh, whilst at The Athletic. You can get a subscription. Uh, it's actually a seven-day free trial and then a 40% discount on a subscription by going to Athletic.com forward slash rookeryend. Adam, we're going to get some points at Old Trafford, yeah? Maybe one, yeah. <laughs> we'll take it for now. Thank you very much for listening, uh, and we'll speak to you soon. Come on, you.